to let me know Should I stay or should I go Hello everybody and welcome to episode 11 of Hardly Committed with TJ Walker. That's me. I'm TJ Walker and my producer sitting across from me is Nick Roush. We are recording this on Wednesday morning. It's me. Nick and I just finished talking for two hours and that was a good time. And I forgot to bring my laptop to the radio show, which means I forgot to bring my laptop to podcast recording. Now luckily I've got my phone. So if, if I need to look up something like in a hurry, mm-hmm. I better be fast on my fingers because right. I am a big dum dum. Not bringing my my laptop. I know exactly where it is. I was able to bring my two water bottles, my banana, my wallet, my keys. Left the laptop. Idiot, TJ. Idiot. Yep. We got a lot to talk about though, and a lot of it I don't think I'm going to need my computer for. I should be okay. I think you should be. Yeah, I've, uh, I've 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 written a lot about this stuff, and I've talked a lot about this stuff, so I should be fine. And that's uh, we're going to get right into it. Our guest today, we'll get to him here in a little bit, is David Sisk of Rivals.com. He covers Minnesota and Vanderbilt recruiting, but more importantly to you. He covers UK recruiting for CatsIllustrated.com, my my former stomping grounds. Uh, I think highly of that place. I think highly of Justin Rowland and all the folks there. So I was really, really happy to be able to get David on, and I think you're really going to enjoy that interview. We start by talking about he used to coach in the EYBL. So good insight from David on just kind of the culture of AAU basketball, and then we quickly get into – all the names you want to hear about. And that's what we're going to, we're going to do all the names you want to hear about right now and give you some of my takes on it. Save David's for a little bit later. Obviously the news of the morning, Nick Roush, Scotty Lewis picks Florida over Kentucky after picking the, going down to cutting the list down to those two schools. He's going to play in the SEC. We knew that after the Kentucky visit, I thought there was a chance the Cats were going to be able to steal him away from Florida, mm-hmm. who's been the perceived leader for months. He posts pictures of himself in UK gear, and things were, were, at least for a moment, looking somewhat good for the Cats, but the good feeling started to, to calm down a little bit, and then all of a sudden, it's weird. After the official visit, Kentucky wanted him to commit. They were, they were like, He's, we're riding high with him. Let's hope he commits, he commits, he commits. I text his coach, Brian Klatsky, who we will talk about today, and he says, no, he's not making a decision this week. I think he, I think everything needs to kind of settle down a little bit. He's not going to make a decision this week. So we broke that on KSR last Monday, not this past Monday, the one before that. So that week goes by. And then there was a sense of, is he going to commit this week? And I'm talking about this week. Because he's got Colorado Springs coming up this weekend. And I quickly got the vibe that there was this seed planted in Scott, Scotty Lewis's head that if you don't commit – to either Florida or Kentucky, you're going to go into this weekend and you're just going to be hounded by reporters. They're not going to leave you alone. You're going to be asked about it every chance they get to ask you about it, probably in your best interest just to pick a school. So, you know, go with whatever one you're more comfortable with. I mean, if you hate the media, that's... Scotty Lewis is a shy kid. Yeah. He's a shy so, kid. I mean, so, I, I kind of understand it because... Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I, I, I get it too, but uh, I think that kind of seed was planted that I need to get it over with then, and then it quickly became, uh-oh, for Kentucky. Like, if he commits this week, it's not going to be good for us. It's not going to be good for us because at that point, the all the good feelings from the Kentucky visit had started to mellow out and level out a little bit, and it was back to, all right, well, who are you most comfortable with? Who's been recruiting you longer? And then, of course, his AAU coach, 
his high high school director, high school team dad is the label that, mm-hmm. that Brian Klatsky gets. And I like Brian Klatsky. I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but he's a Florida fan. His son is going to be a preferred walk-on at Florida. It was clear that there was a push to, to have Scotty Lewis join the fold down there, and Mike White is putting together an amazing class. They had Omar Payne commit earlier this week. He's doing a really, really good job, that is, Mike White down at Florida. And they were able to add to that class one of the best classes they've ever had, and Scotty Lewis will be part of the fold. I think Scotty Lewis was, and, and I say this a little bit later on with David, I think he was a, a want for Kentucky, not a need. The needs for UK in 2019 are the bigs, Nick Roush, and we'll yes. talk about that a little That's bit later priority. on. That's who they've got to have. That's who they can't miss on. They could miss on Scotty Lewis. But in my opinion with Scotty Lewis, he was going to be maybe a six-man option for Kentucky. Maybe he was a starter, but he would be the starter that the defense would say, all right, we don't need to put our lockdown defender on this dude. He's the guy that maybe you key off of a little bit. You put your pressure on Tyrese Maxey. We need to lock down Khalil Whitney. Uh, Whatever bigs Kentucky ends up with, who knows who it's going to be at this point. Whoever's big the UK ends up with, we need to pack the paint against those guys. Scotty Lewis could have really thrived in Kentucky's offense because he would have been the afterthought. And Calipari was thinking, if we could have this dude be the afterthought, we're going to be we're going to be damn good. We're going to be really really good if he can be the guy that can kind of play off or he could be the sixth man cuz Scotty Lewis is really talented. Now if you and I say this with David again, if you need him to be able to score 20 points a game, you're going to be in trouble. You are going to be in trouble. I, I think Scotty Lewis is a really good player. I don't think he's one that's going to go into college year 1 and just completely dominate uh, the college scene as a scorer. Outside shot still needs some work, but he is versatile, can put it on the floor, athletic. Just a good solid basketball player. And uh, But unfortunately for Kentucky, he will be a Gator. And that was a, a blow because UK liked him for all the reasons I just said. Right. But nothing, nothing they can't handle. A lot of people ask me, what does Kentucky do now? Because the only other guard that they have offered, well, they have they offered Cole Anthony? Who knows? Obviously, he'd be a take if they wanted him, but we haven't heard about the official offer to Cole Anthony. Things aren't looking great for UK and, and Anthony. I think UNC is the leader. I think UNC has been the leader for a little bit, and he just officially visited. So, obviously, they're still the leader. He's taken two official visits, Notre Dame and North Carolina. And that seems like a long shot. Who knows? You never count out Cal, but 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 uh, who knows? The longer that goes on, probably the better for Kentucky. You need to hear about a visit to UK as well. We haven't done that with Cole Anthony. So that seems to be, as of right now, maybe about it. Would I be shocked if another name pops up in 2019 as a guard? No, I wouldn't. And I bet maybe there probably is, as there's a bug flying around. I know, Mosquito. Not a big fan of those guys. You don't like mosquitoes? Yeah. That's weird. Weird. Everybody loves mosquitoes. Most people love mosquitoes. Come on, come get me, Mosquito. I will say, though, it's pretty weird that we don't have Scotty Lewis in our lives anymore. The Scotty Lewis, Brian Anton recruitment has been happening since I think I started at Kentucky Sports Radio six years ago. No, yeah. We've heard about them for a long time. Kentucky offered both of them last September. So it has been well over a full year of us having to do updates on Scotty Lewis and Brian. They just had so much hype because they were teammates. Yeah, and and everybody thought like package deal, package deal. Yeah, it was a lot in Villanova and Florida. which To their credit, they never said that they were a package deal. Right, right. They just always played together um, in high school and in AU. Uh, which would, uh, if it was me, I, it would drive me further away from the other person. Like, all right, man, we've done this for a while. Let's go. Let's go see some new sites. Yeah. But um, this, in this case, though, we're, we'll probably see him for two, maybe three years down at Florida. Like in Florida. Yeah, I don't think he's one and done. Yeah. So like, Mike White, he's 
whenever they first hired him, I was like, who is this guy from Louisiana Tech? I didn't think it was going to be a great hire, and I was dead wrong. Mike yeah, White doing really doing well. good at Florida. He'll continue to get recruits in other classes as well. Everybody always wants to talk about, oh, who could be a replacement for Cal? Mike White clearly, as of today, would at least have to be on any sort of list. Now, short list, I don't yeah. think Cal's going anywhere after the season, after the next season. Who he's knows what the future on holds? Recruiting trips right now. That's where, yeah, that's where he's going. He's yeah. going on on jets. But uh, to to replay, to, what what's the backup option? So Cole Anthony is is maybe he's a guard that they bring in. Who knows? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we learned of maybe a new name. I don't think if we get a new name, it's going to be like a realistic option to come in and make an impact from day one for Kentucky. Not that you have to have that. It'd be okay if they if they didn't get that. But that's another option. You could always go the grad transfer route. There are a lot more good grad transfer guards than there are bigs. Bigs are like a – boy, if there's a good big that's thinking about grad transferring after their junior year, every school in the country is going to want a shot at that dude. So they're a lot harder to get oh, guard. Oh, Travis. Yeah, Reed Travis, exactly. Uh, guards, they're pretty much everywhere. If you want a really good scoring guard, you're probably going to be able to find one, and you can find different ones. If you need a, a spot-up three-point shooter, you could probably find that on the grad transfer market. If you want somebody that can defend and do that sort of deal, you can find what you want in guards on the grad transfer. So maybe Kentucky goes that route again. Maybe you get somebody to reclassify from 2020, Nick. Maybe – uh, there, there's Kentucky has sent out a handful of offers. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later on. Listen, the offers for the class of 2020, all that's really cool. But, mm-hmm. like, guess what? These guys are probably still going to be uncommitted in a year. So, yeah. I don't want to get too too much into the weeds right now exactly. on, that sort of, on that sort of deal. But maybe some one of those guys like – R.J. Re- Hampton. And, and Even yeah, though he says he won't. And R.J. Hampton knows. was the name all summer, like – He's going to be 2019. You better start covering this guy as a 2019 recruit. Any reclassification rumors when it came to guard? Uh, Nafali Dante was the big that you heard it about, and he has not said he's not going to, so maybe keep an eye on that. But uh, Nafali Dante and RJ Hampton were the two 2020 guys that it was like, you know, pink, wink, wink, maybe keep an eye on these guys potentially reclassifying. RJ Hampton has already said he's not. Right. Now, do recruits lie? Do recruits have a change of plans? Do things change for recruits? Yeah, all the time. But let's take him for his word right, right now. That's right. probably the fair thing to do. So maybe somebody else reclassifies. Who, who, who knows? I think the biggest and most likely scenario for Kentucky when it comes to the 2019-2020 guards, you've got, you've got uh, Tyrese Maxey, you've got Khalil Whitney, you've got Dante Allen. Those guys committed. When you're looking at who's going to be the two guard or who's going to share the backcourt with – Tyrese Maxey, assuming those other guys that I just mentioned are on the wings, it's probably going to be somebody on the roster right now. It's probably going to be an Emmanuel Quickly or an Ashton Hagens or a Quad A Green or a Tyler Hero. And, and Jamal Baker should be around for another season. He shouldn't be going anywhere after this year. So I think your answer there, Nick, is somebody that's currently on the roster and maybe maybe two of those guys. If you could get two of those guys to return after the four I just mentioned, Quickly, Hagens, Hero, and Green – that's a damn good backcourt. I don't care who it is out of those four. Just pick one of them to go with Maxi and Whitney. Then I think you have the best one, two, three, or one of the best one, two, threes in the country. So they're fine as long as not all four of those guys leave. And I would say there's like a 5% chance that all four of those guys leave after the season, especially given that like, oh, we're not going to be pushed out. There's not going to be another guy coming in. One of those guys is likely going to have a starting spot on the 2019-2020 year. And that will be a big deal for Kentucky. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but in wrong. summation... Wrong. In summation, 
Scotty Lewis was gravy. And the Cats are pretty good on guards right now. And they're going to wait and see, really, uh, before trying to pursue others in the spring. Yeah, I uh, I don't like gravy. Gravy's delicious. That's, gravy, gravy. that's like one of your bad food takes. TJ has many bad food takes. What is my worst bad food take, in your opinion? The gravy one's right up there because I, I put Ranch gravy is on disgusting. You don't you you know you don't put dressing on your salad. Mustard is, is your, disgusting. Is your worst take? Dressing um, on salads is idiotic. Yeah, like that's like you. I, I don't understand that one. You also have never eaten a burger at a fast food joint, which True. I, I that one I can I can I can I can understand the no gravy or no salad on your dressing. I don't understand. Why would that. I want salad on my dressing? To make it taste good instead of just eating leaves. Just eat, if I want to eat leaves, eat, no, 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 I would just no, no, go no, out of a tree no, no, and start no, plucking no, them off a tree. No, you said salad on dressing, loser. Loser. Oh, did I really? It's been a long day. It's been a long day and it's only 10.39. <laughs> I will integrate my some of the questions in where they see apps. And one of them was... I like the questions at the end. Yeah, I know, but they're, they they were a little bit more scattered. They're not in one I haven't even talked to Biggs yet. I know. But, all right. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust my producer. Um, trust somebody asked, how does Keon Brooks fit into this equation now that Scotty Lewis is And that's it? another option. I'm glad you asked that question, Nick. I'm glad I decided to do some questions right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another option, too. Like, in a worst-case scenario, maybe Keon Brooks and Jaden McDaniels become a little bit more important for Kentucky because maybe you could slide and, – and I think Dante Allen's probably going to be – coming off the bench for UK. I still think he can be a nice player, but most likely coming off the bench. But maybe you can slide Cleo Whitney or Dante Allen over to the two, and then you add a Keon Brooks or Jada McDaniels at the three, and then one, you have an incredibly long and athletic lineup. I mean, no team will be bigger in college basketball than a team that maybe is playing Khalil Whitney at the two. So Keon Brooks and Jaden McDaniels maybe become slightly more important. I don't think those guys end up at Kentucky, and I've been saying that since Whitney and Dante Allen committed. I really never thought Jaden McDaniels would end up at Kentucky, so watch him be the one that probably ends, ends up, up at, at Kentucky. Yeah. I like Keon Brooks. Um, he's, I, I don't think he is a guy that's going to be a one-and-done, and I don't think he's going to be a college all-star in year one. But if you could get – maybe Kentucky – and Kentucky was in a really good spot. If you would have asked me – Five months ago, all right, which wing do you think ends up UK? I'd be like, Keon Brooks. UK loves him. He's got a good relationship already. They've already have an established connection there. So maybe they can they can continue to build on that. Kentucky has stayed in contact. He will visit the weekend after Big Blue Madness. So maybe those guys become a little bit more important. But I think they're going to be all right on the – I think they're going to be all right yeah. when it comes to the backcourt. That, Like I said, Scotty There's Lewis There's a lot was, of dudes that aren't going to be able to go to the NBA right away. Yeah, he was a want and not a need. And I'm all for a junior quad A green. Uh, I mean, think about what kind of three-point shooter he could be in year three. Yeah. I'm all for Ashton Hagens. Think about that defense with him and Maxi. My goodness. I'm all for an Emmanuel quickly. Allow Maxi to play off the ball, be your be your two guard, and quickly you know he's not going to make mistakes or, or mess anything up. And Tyler Hero likely seems like he's going to be a one and done. But my goodness, think about the scoring options in that backcourt with a maxing I mean, hero. He Good luck trying best to guard that. Score in all of college basketball. He is the best scorer in yes. all of college basketball. Um, the, the one thing Cody also asked that I think integrates into this slightly, is there – how does the grad transfer market work? Like, do we – are there people you kind of can keep an eye on throughout the season? Or is it like you don't know until the end of the year? Kentucky – so here's what they'll do. 
and I don't think they do it this early. I don't know exactly when they start, but my guess they they do it mid they they do it while the season's going on. So my guess is probably around mid season. They will make a list of guys that they are told or believe can graduate. And I'm not saying like Calipari makes this list. I don't even know. I don't know who gets whose job. Maybe who's the new recruiting just, director? Yeah, maybe, they hired that young guy. Yeah, maybe he, he's probably in charge of doing this. But they'll make a list of like these guys aren't on NBA draft boards, but they're they've been in the program for two or three years, so they have a chance to be able to graduate from where they're from and jump somewhere else immediately. And they'll just keep tabs on them. They're they're not recruiting or they're not reaching out to these guys because they're not allowed to. But they're just keeping eyes on them, and then you know the 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 ones that do better, they'll they'll you know play, pay closer attention to, and the ones that uh, maybe struggle a little bit, they'll cross off the list. They are keeping tabs on guys during the season. My guess is probably come like January, they start looking into that sort of stuff. All right, who's scoring the most? Who right. who is who's being who's being a great defensive stopper? He's got the assist uh, record at Sanford. Yeah, and then he goes over and plays for Mojito Mac. But uh, let's talk about the big situation. I was able to uh, – Isaiah Stewart and uh, Oscar Shubway, Shubway visited over the weekend. Yeah, you did a lot of talking to people. There was a lot of articles on KentuckySportsRadio.com yesterday. Yeah, there was a lot going on. This is a busy, uh, busy time, and it's only going to get busier here with Big Blue Madness and that sort of stuff. But uh, Shubway visits. He was able to make it in time for the football game. A lot of people thought he wasn't going to, but uh, he was. Isaiah Stewart came in on Friday, so obviously that was an issue for him. The two did overlap. I'm told that they liked each other. That they mm, uh, cross swords. Yeah, they they, they they grow up. But I think <laughs> they were able to uh, enjoy each other's company and and maybe even talk a little bit about playing with one another. <gasps> Who do you want to start with first, Stewart or Shubway? Um, Stewart, because he's more of a mystery man. All right, Stewart, uh, I think Kentucky is the leader as of today. Things change in recruitments, I, but I do think Kentucky is the leader as of today. And just think about how quickly things moved here. Uh, Kentucky, just about a month ago, reached back out to him after he had already cut Kentucky from his list. They give him an offer. They're able to get him on campus almost immediately. He's only taken another official visit to Washington, and his second one goes to Kentucky. Here's I do think we see a decision from him. Lalumir likes to get their guys to commit early if they can. They always can't do that. What's up, Brian Brian Bowen? Bowen. Yeah, they can't (laughs) always do that, but that one was a little strange, a little different. So they like to get their guys to commit early if they can so they can focus on the season. So I think Isaiah Stewart does commit early. He doesn't have any other official visits planned, Nick. So everybody Hmm. right now is kind of hopping on the Kentucky bandwagon, the momentum train for U.K., Evan Daniels did flip his his pick from Kentucky. So, he, I, I don't know where he had his pick before, but wherever he had his pick before, he flipped it to Kentucky, and then shortly after that, he switched it back to Foggy. And a lot of people were freaking out about that. I did talk with him about why he made that switch, and I thought that was a interesting quote that we put on KSR. Uh, he said that uh, – it's very difficult to pinpoint a leader in this recruitment, and I think that that could change and it can continue to evolve. He says he thinks there's a chance that he's probably going to announce in the fall, so his guess is a fall commitment. He expects him to take more visits. No visits set right now. So the, kind of the common thinking right now among analysts is if he doesn't set any more visits, he's clearly going to go to Kentucky. Probably saw enough of what he likes about UK. That's where he's going to end up. Right. If he takes more visits, that's where things could become a, a bit trickier. Villanova is thought to be in a really good spot with him. Duke was always mentioned, although Duke, man, recruiting, they don't really seem to have a ton of buzz. Yeah, they don't have a a great buzz really with anybody right now. 
So that's another uh, school that some people are, are considering. Michigan State has been involved in Isaiah Stewart's recruitment. So just keep an eye on his visits because that's going to probably tell us everything. If he goes and visits Duke or Villanova or Michigan State, then I think you'd have to put that school right in the hunt with Kentucky. But I think Kentucky's going to be the leader, and I'll, and I'll have that opinion until I hear otherwise. A uh, good player could come in and, and be one of the best bigs in college basketball. He's right there with Vernon Carey and James Wiseman in terms of having the highest ceiling, and there would be an unbelievable addition to UK's 2019 class. Let's get to Shuba very quickly. I talked with his AAU coach and high school coach, uh, Tom Droney. You can find that for free at, at KentuckySportsRadio.com. This is there's a we, we could spend a lot more time on this, but this one's pretty simple, Nick. It's a head versus heart decision. He wants to go to Kentucky, in my opinion. It's my opinion that he does. He likes UK, and that's the school he wants to go to. I think he's having a tough time finding ways to tell West Virginia no, though. They've been on him for the longest time. His host parents or are Kanate's host parents, and they are pushing West Virginia <gasps> hard. As much as I've ever heard from another recruitment of like parents or influencers. More, more, more than Marquis Mark Bolden's mom, step no. aside. And, dude, I've heard this from, like, several different people. So this just isn't one person that's like, yeah, you know, this is the rumor. I've heard it from different people uh, that have no connection to one another that Oscar Shubway's host family desperately wants him to go to West Virginia, and that is a hiccup in this recruitment. It is. It is a hiccup in his recruitment. I don't like the fact that he's visiting West Virginia this weekend. Oh, man. It'll be his last, and Tom Droney did tell me after this weekend he's going to make a final decision within the next week or two. Ooh. So we don't have too much time left on this Oscar Shubway recruitment. We don't have too much time. And uh, I think as of today, Kentucky's in the best spot, but we'll have to – We'll have to reevaluate after the West Virginia visit. I wish they were flipped. I wish he, I wish he did West Virginia and then did Kentucky last because I think this could matter. But Kentucky really likes them, and this is this is uh, these next two weeks or week, however long it is, is going to be pretty wild. Uh, luckily, Kansas is coming into town for that football game, so hopefully, it shouldn't be too wild of an atmosphere. But Dana Holgerson had a great quote. They asked, "Yeah, um, yeah." So, what do you think about Kansas having eight different players all have one interception for? for them and he said yeah that's the Rutgers effect that's fantastic <laughs> what a worthless fo- uh, uh, athletic program Rutgers is no no disrespect to any Rutgers you know who uh, was one of the, the big people that turned it into a dumpster fire who's that former associate AD for Tom Jurich Julie Herman how about that yeah yeah Weird how that all works out. It is weird how that all works out. So there's my thoughts on on Shubway. Wiseman later this afternoon <gasps> is cutting his list oh, of five. Oh man, pins and needles. Wait to see you, this list you, of five. You all will be able to tell me because we're doing this now. I would be surprised if it's not. I'd be almost shocked if it's not Kentucky, Memphis, Kansas, Florida State, and Vanderbilt. If it's not those five schools, I will be absolutely shocked. What can we do if, like, if, what, if what, like you need to put something on the line? Will I, you eat a salad if, that has dressing on no, it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> if I get if I get more than if 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 I only get three of the five right, then I then I'll do whatever you want me to do. Okay, eat a salad with dressing on it. An All entire right. salad from KS Bar and Grill. Well, let's slow down on the entire part. But sure, I'll go to KS Bar. I'll eat a salad. Not what kind of dressing? It's just Caesar salad. Like what comes on a Caesar salad? Caesar dressing. It's really delicious. I would. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. If I get three out of five wrong. 
No, 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 no. Three no. out of you five. Know, wrong. Three you, out of five. No, wrong. you said you had to get three out of five no. rights. Right. If no, if I get if I get more than one wrong. Yeah. I get one buffer. You get one buffer. But I but I don't. But if you get I don't two need, wrong. I don't need the buffer. I don't need. You know what? I don't need the buffer. I'll oh. get all five right. Yeah. There we go. I'll get all five. There right. we go. All right. Uh, so there's no mystery there. I don't really know too much. Uh, I don't think there's anything new with Vernon Carey. He'll be down for Big Blue Madness. Matthew Hurt will be down for Big Blue Madness. So we'll get to those guys probably next do we, week. Do we want to play the the game before we go to the interview, or do we want to wait till afterwards? What's the game? The game that um, his his name on Twitter is Single Dad. Take one school away from No, let's answer some questions after the interview. Okay, they're all over. They're, like, I can't find many. We've answered a lot of them. So, Well, then we'll answer the ones that we get. get, get, get go to the interview. David Sisk, Rivals.com. And now on Hardly Committed from Rivals.com, he covers Minnesota, Vanderbilt, but more importantly, Kentucky on CatsIllustrated.com. David Sisk. David, how are you? Man, I'm doing great, TJ. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy that you were able to to come on, and I, I think when it comes to UK recruiting news, you have fully established yourself as one of the go-to guys covering the Cats. And let me first ask you that. You've been on the job now, uh, I, I guess, a little over half a year. How are things going? How are you enjoying uh, House of Blue and Cats Illustrated and, and covering UK basketball, which I think is the premier team to cover if you're covering basketball recruiting? I agree. If you're going to do it, you might as well uh, cover the best. And uh, I've said this, the fans here are like I am. They're they're basketball junkies, so we fit in well uh, with what I want to do. And I'm sorry, I got a loudspeaker here in the background. I'll go on for a second. But um, everything uh, is great there. Uh, the fans, like I said, they're, they they eat and, and, and breathe basketball just like I do. And uh, it, it, I, I enjoy it very much. Uh, I, I, I'm not one of those that when basketball season's over, I want to talk about other sports. I want to do it year-round, and that's the way people are in Kentucky. Yeah, they, they are. The, the, the nice 5-0 and football start is great, but uh, as you're probably well aware, I'm sure your all's message boards are filled with basketball re- recruiting chatter to go with that football talk. Uh, because this is a busy month, it'll be Big Blue Madness. Kentucky's going to have a ton of visitors. They had two huge visitors over the weekend, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that. First, I kind of want to at least just briefly touch on, you were a former coach in the, the the Nike EYBL. What was that like? And when people have this label of of the Nike EYBL, generally they think that no team plays defense. They think nobody really cares. No, none of the players really care about the games. And they kind of there's this kind of slimy reputation that goes with it. Will you tell them why that's wrong? Because I know it. You and I talked about it down at Peach Jam over the summer. What was it like to coach in the EYBL? It was tremendous. And before the EYBL went, uh, Nike was just getting established. I started with them in 1993 with the wow. Travelers. And in 1990, yeah, wow, that tells you I'm getting old, man. You're a lot <laughs> younger than I am. <laughs> but in 1995, we got one of the first original uh, Nike contracts and when George Raveling was running the show at that time and um, you know EYBL wasn't even thought of but as um, you got on the late 90s the, the old style of playing quote AAU and AAU Nationals and all that that became obsolete 
and you started looking at more shoe circuit deals. Uh, Adidas got into it. Uh, Nike, obviously, Under Armour come along a, a great deal later. But yeah, when you play the elite players, um, when you get into this, yeah, they're playing great defense. Now the game has changed. I was away from it on the uh, on the summer ball. Uh, circuit for a few years, but I noticed that as the college and pro game changed, it changed too. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm gone for three or four years, and I come back and start watching it, and I'm seeing a lot of ball screens and a lot of pick and rolls, and where you didn't see a lot of that action earlier. So as the games evolved on other levels, it's evolved there too. But you have coaches that take great pride in this. You've got the best players, and you know you're going to see some uh, offensively. It's more up and down. You're not going to see a, a bunch of sets in half court because you've got a shot clock and you've got guys who have all this talent are going to get up and down the floor. But, man, I remember you talked about Peach Jam, the first Peach Jam game I ever coached in. We played against New York Riverside. We're on our test. And, man, he was six seven, and he would get down in the defensive stance, and his butt would be about two inches off the ground. And he was just digging in. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that take pride in that. Oh, you and I could do an entire another podcast on, on the AAU circuit, and you have obviously a lot more experience than I do. I'd love to interview you and talk more about that. Let me ask one more question on that because the FBI investigation is going on. We're actually getting folks under oath having to tell the truth of what went on, Gatto and all that sort of deal. Let me ask you this. Does any of that surprise you at all? Like when all that broke about a year ago, did you say, well, it was just a matter of time, or were you even surprised by kind of the magnitude and the dollars being thrown around? Uh, you know, 150000 for Brian Bowen to go to Louisville was the number that I think a lot of people look at. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm surprised when the FBI got involved. Of course, I've heard different things, and, and I've heard that, you know, they kind of did that at the uh, NCAA's behest because the NCAA doesn't have the manpower uh, to really monitor all this and all that had gotten out of control. But, you know, like you say, you hear things about shoe companies funneling uh, uh, maybe money uh, to parents where schools are not involved or, or directly. Um, and, you know, I asked somebody involved with a shoe company one time when it come out that, let's say, you heard some talk, you heard uh, Romeo Langford's names come up, and uh, there was some talk that maybe the AAU team uh, got excessive uh, payments from Adidas for a, a one-time-only AAU program. And I asked a person involved with another shoe company about that, and he said, man, that's what, you, that's what we're here for. So um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. And yeah. it's a, obviously, there's a seedy side to it. Uh, I don't want people to think that everybody's like that out there. They're not, man. I was riding around picking up kids in a Honda Accord with two hundred fifty thousand miles on it. You know, when I, I seriously, when I coach, I never, you know, uh, uh, I'm glad some other people got more out of it financially than I did. Yeah. Uh, but um, the thing, the thing about it, the thing about it is. Um, um, you know, before AAU came along, you said the same thing in high school. You had Sonny Cox charging coaches in the 80s $10,000 for 10 minutes to meet with players in the neighborhood McDonald's. So there was a reason it started, and basketball is big business. Uh, there's a lot, there's, there's millions and millions, and not billions of dollars involved. 
And as long as you've got money involved in it, you know, people are going to find ways to do things like this. Well, when things kind of slow down with the 2019 class, David, I'm going to have you back on if you're willing, and we're, we can just well, talk. Yeah, we can I'd just talk AU that. because this I'd all this stuff is that. fascinating, especially somebody like yourself that is that has been intertwined in it and uh, and knows kind of the the underbelly of all that. But I think a lot of people listening want to know about this 2019 class. You've been all over it. Scotty Lewis picks Florida over Kentucky last night. What was your hey, initial? I'm going to give you credit, TJ. You were on that one, buddy. You, you were all over it. Well, I and. And, yeah, we we did, we were talking back and forth, and, and and I think that always helps both of us when you and I do talk, because we'll get a better feel for you hear some stuff, I hear some stuff, and it's always nice to kind of compare notes. After the Kentucky official visit, though, I thought UK was in a good spot, but the more things went on and kind of reading between the lines of what Klasky was telling you and what he was telling me and Scotty Lewis deleting and scrubbing some of his UK stuff off social media, I had a feeling if he was going to announce this week, which I thought there was a good chance that was going to happen, if he was announcing this week, it seemed like Florida was definitely going to be the choice, and I think you came to that conclusion before his final decision last night as well, correct? Yeah, I did, and, and let me say this. I thought that people would ask me, what do you think, and I never uh, got off a, a Florida um, uh, projection. It just got obviously a little fuzzy, and, and I've got actually on our publishing site, I've got a story in Cobwebs that I never published where I had projections from Eric Bossy, Corey Evans, Russ Wood of the Data Nation site, and myself. Um, I had four projections, and we had all projected Florida, and I, I did it two weeks ago. But the thing that I was trying to wait on was, like I said, I thought there was more of a gray area where I wasn't 100% sure of, of, of putting that out there. And the big question I had was when was he going to do it? Uh, I didn't want to put something out there to, and wait another two or three weeks after he goes to Colorado Springs and then it just go off the rails. But um, Florida, you know, there is that. He's very close with Klasky. There are those ties with, with Florida. Yeah. Uh, close there, and I'm not saying that influence. Florida did a great job, but the, what I'm saying is there were so many advantages that Florida had, and, and that's why I'm trying to say uh, going into this, they've been on him the longest. They built up a great relationship there. You know, Alex Klatsky goes as a preferred walk on, and Florida done the work. So, you know, I think Kentucky did a really good job getting in for a tight second when he had to make uh, had to play this out, make some decisions because. You know, two months ago, Kentucky wasn't even mentioned with him. Uh, you know, there was Duke, there was Villanova, there was Florida, and Kentucky might be mentioned fourth or fifth. So I think they did a good job of making a really late push. And they did, and, and ultimately the, the previous relationships, like you mentioned, won out for Scotty Lewis. I think Lewis for Kentucky was a, a want, not necessarily a need. So that's the good news. But everybody I talked with close to Kentucky was like, listen, if we can get this kid and he can be the sixth man or if he can be the shooting guard that is the afterthought, people are going to try to stop Whitney and Maxie and whoever Kentucky ends up on the front court, and hopefully we'll get to that here in a moment. If Scotty Lewis is your afterthought, then that is a dream afterthought to have because he is a really nice player. Now, if he has to be the guy at Florida or he is the guy that's got to score 25 or, or 20 points for you, then we'll, we'll see what kind of player he turns out to be. 
But uh, Kentucky wanted them. They liked them. They thought they had a decent chance after the official visit, and obviously uh, it, it didn't work out that way. There was two other visitors this weekend, David, Isaiah Stewart and Oscar Shubway. What are your takes on both their recruitments? And it certainly seems like Oscar Shubway's decision is going to be a, a head versus heart one, with Kentucky being the smart choice in his opinion, and but West Virginia, the school that has been recruiting him for years and years and years, and there's also some other stuff going on there that maybe we'll get to here in a moment. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And I talked to Tom Droney, his AAU coach, yesterday and, and did a story last night. And um, I, I'll, I'll just say this, uh, just to put the whole thing in a nutshell, you know, the whole scenario has been he, he's been West Virginia's to lose, but a visit to Kentucky and he could see what that was all about might really be a game changer. And I asked Coach Droney, if it was, and he kind of said, "Well, yeah, yeah." I mean, it's it's it was a very positive visit. He got some very good stuff out of it, and obviously, he was going to be low key on the whole thing. But but he was going to be low key on the whole thing. But uh, that was a big, uh, I think, a big influence on him. And and we're just he goes to West Virginia next week, so we're just going to see uh, what happens with that. And with Isaiah Stewart, do you see him taking other visits? And do you see? Do you think Kentucky is the leader as of today? Uh, I think they are the leader. And Eric Bossy said something, and I, I've got to you, talk to him. He thinks that if he doesn't take other visits, obviously he's he's going to Kentucky. But if yep. not, if he does take other visits, you know that that it, it could go in another direction. And I, I need to find out from him what the other directions that he thinks and exactly where he's going with that. But there are people out there, TJ, in the uh, – and I'll say this, people that know and are kind of linked to this, uh, and I'm not going to say who or what, uh, in what way, but I, I've heard yesterday from people that – uh, they're ones out there that consider him to be a lock for Kentucky. And uh, then there are others that say, well, it, it's close. And, and I've said this on our board. I think his uh, father really likes Kentucky, and that could be a big influence. That is that that is good news. It seems like there's always parents trying to push their kids somewhere else. You don't generally get the parent pushing a kid to Kentucky. You have in the past every now and then. So that I know uh, our listeners are going to like to hear that. I'm sure your readers like to hear that. We're talking with David Sisk of Rivals.com. More importantly for you all listening, CatsIllustrated.com, where he is absolutely killing it. So tell me how you think this big situation ends up. And I, I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch here, so we'll let we'll we'll let you go. But how do you think the big situation ends up? Who do you think ends up at UK out of really their five big targets? And then I, I don't really consider uh, Jaden McDaniels a, a big. He's more of a wing and certainly Keon Brooks is as well. So Vernon Carey, James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Oscar Shubway, Matthew Hurt. I'm going to say Oscar, Isaiah, and I know Corey Evans said that between Wiseman, uh, um, Vernon Carey, and Matthew Hurt, there was less than a 10% chance that Kentucky wouldn't get either one of them. I don't know which one they'll think they get. And it's real, it's kind of weird because mm-hmm. I would give Kentucky less than a 50 with all three. I think it's very slim for Hurt. I don't think they're necessarily at a disadvantage for Carey, but you've got four schools right there. Uh, at best, it's 25% because they've all got a pretty good shot. And then you've got Wiseman. I would I would put it right now about 60-40 Memphis, but 
you know, the Wiseman thing could be very interesting because Memphis is going to have to close that deal. And I think the common thought is, and I agree with this, and I've seen it before in person, when you feel like you've got a player and he's going to commit to you, the longer they put that thing off, you can just kind of feel it slipping away. Yeah. And and if, if this thing goes in, and I think it will, it's going to go to at least March. It could go into April. Uh, but I think it'll go in well after the high school season. And I think if that happens, there's a lot of time. You can see how things change. Who would have thought that out of all these five-star posts, if I would have told you a month ago, the guy most likely to sign with Kentucky's Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would have got laughed off the off the internet, off off the show. I mean, people. I mean, I would have thought I was a nut. Yep. But that's kind of way it's turned out. So, I mean, one thing I fi- I found out about recruiting from Kentucky, it's different in these other places because you know you're building relationships, you're recruiting players for two or three years. And man, Kentucky's recruiting just changes like the weather. I mean, you can you can not be on a guy and all of a sudden you're on him like Khalil Whitney. I mean, that one just came like a like a lightning strike. All of a sudden, they're on Khalil Whitney and two or three days later, they've offered and, and, and he's going to commit. And, and, and you never saw it coming. And, and just things happen like that. It's so fluid and things change. So you, you never know. I mean, Gosh, another five months will, or six months with James Wiseman's like a, an eternity. It is, and uh, well said. Things do change. They change daily. I mean, they change weekly, especially with 17-year-old kids who, who one second they'll tell a coach, because remember, they're talking with adults, and we have to go back to when we were 17 or 16 years old talking to adults. Generally, you tell them what they want to hear, so the adult yeah. is thinking, hey, all right, well, he said he really liked Kentucky. He said he really liked this school. He thinks he's going to commit there. I think, I think you brought up a really good point with James Wiseman, obviously Penny and, and Memphis fans, they're gonna they they desperately want him. They're gonna do whatever they want. Let's say he does commit to Memphis in April or May. If I'm Penny or I'm a Memphis fan, you're over the moon that you got him. But you also are probably saying like, damn, if you just would have done that back in November or in in October. Think of maybe some of the other good players that would have wanted to team up with you and maybe join you in Memphis. He's hurting their recruiting momentum by waiting so long, and I don't think he's doing that unintentionally. I know you're a teacher, David. I hear the bells in the background. I know you need to get back to helping mold our youth. Uh, this was really fun, and we'll have to have you back on, David. I really, really do appreciate your time. Hey, I, I, I love doing this stuff. I'll, I'll be on anytime you want me. I'll be on. Well, I that, appreciate it. that's good news for me. That's good news for the hardly committed listeners and uh, the people at House of Blue I know are over the moon with your work. Tell them that I miss them, and uh, thank you so much, David. Thank you, TJ. All righty. Just hold on, coming home. All right, I appreciate David coming on. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that, and he was on a, a little bit of a time crunch. So, one, I appreciate the time that he was able to give me. Supposedly, like, teachers have a lot of work to do between, like, eight and, you know, like, four Really? Eight and three. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a busy man, and he also does recruiting and, and does a, a damn good job of it. So I appreciate his time, and we'll get him back on whether the podcast or maybe we'll get him on our radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 on Big X Sports Radio. We have 96. a podcast, too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. You, when you're listening to this podcast, go over to Kentucky Roll Call. Subscribe. And then if you're not in the Louisville area, you can listen to our radio show every day when it comes out. Subscribe, right. rate, review, but hopefully you're doing that on Hardly Committed, too. You should be. Please do that. Take two minutes to do it. Uh, it would mean a lot to me and Nick, and uh, we're very appreciative you that you're even wrong. listening. But thank you. But you know, do that too. Yes. 
All right, let's go to some questions. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> Zach Davis said, pick a school to eliminate from a prospect's list for a Kentucky target. And I don't want to give his example because they're all the right answers. Scotty Scotty Lewis, eliminate Florida. <laughs> um, I was actually, when he tweeted that in yesterday, I was thinking that. I was like, oh, good, Scotty Lewis. It means you could just lock him up. Yep, uh, Oscar Shubway. West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, eliminate him. Uh, Vernon Carey. Vernon Carey, I'd want to eliminate Michigan State. Yes, he yeah. this is where he took his first official visit. And he may took take another room. one, too. Yeah, because the new rule. But yeah, he will be like one of the only 2019 guys that will be able to take advantage of that new rule. James Wiseman. Yeah, Memphis, obviously. <laughs> Memphis. Don't want to take out Vanderbilt, just in case? <laughs> no. And uh, Cole Anthony. Would that be uh, – UNC. UNC. You take UNC out for Cole Anthony, and then it turns into, like, back to the mystery game that it was three months ago. So, yeah, it would be UNC for Cole Anthony. Uh, Matthew Hurt. Is there, Matthew is Hurt, there a leader? Kansas. Kansas? Just because he played with Bill Self over the summer for Team Freaking USA. And uh, I would say it would be Kansas that you'd want to take away for, for Matthew Hurt. And then I think things – but I, I think, you know, we, that's somebody we don't talk a lot about, and I think Kentucky's going to have a good chance with him. One, Matthew Hurt's no dummy. He's going to look at Kentucky's front court and say, oh, my gosh, there's so many minutes available. There's so much scoring available. He's going to look at that and see a nice situation there. And and he loves Calipari, and Calipari loves him, and they've got a good relationship. It's just it's a quiet recruitment, so not, uh, not many people. I don't think any staff feels great about their chances of being able to land him. But it would be Kansas for Matthew Hurt. Um, Isaiah Stewart. Is there is there another big dog out there? You mentioned Villanova I would, I would, earlier. I would lean Nova or Michigan State. If you maybe pick between those two, I'd just say Michigan. I'd say Michigan State because he now plays Lalamere. He's from Rochester, but like I, I don't know. Tom Izzo seemingly just sometimes does really well with bigs every so often, and I I, I just throw him out. Throw Michigan State. You don't get Vernon Carey or Isaiah Stewart. Sorry. <laughs> Um, is there any other big recruits that we can like, – I can't think of any others off the top of my head that we could play this game with. I don't know. Oh, by the way, Kentucky was eliminated from Zeke Njai's list. Uh, what, I, what we had said on the podcast and what we were told all along is that if Kentucky wanted that dude, they were going to have a good chance to get him. We were, we were told he was going to take an unofficial visit to UK in September and maybe come back for an official visit to, to UK in October. We never heard any dates set. And if you don't get dates set – then I think that tells you everything you need to know. Yep. Uh, Aiden Iggy Han, a guy I've been saying to you, isn't going to end up in Kentucky forever. He visited He visited Louisville. looked like he had the time of his life. They, they brought uh, Irish flags to Louisville Live. Which, by the yeah. way, did you go to Louisville Live? I did not because oh, I've man. got a life and I have friends. Man, it would have been, been a nice, like, troll job thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at like, the same at the same. They time. said 7,500 people were there. Which is 7,500 people on 4th Street? No. <laughs> yeah, you ain't fitting all those Liars. Liars. Yeah, but good for them though. They had their fun. They've got they've got a little midnight madness event now. That's cute. Uh, one time, Ricardino did a thing called Planet Red, and it was a bust. Like a hundred people showed up. Yeah, it's bad. Um, Pat asks, question: Who pays for the commitment video like Scotty Lewis just released? Answer: Nobody. Yeah, they're they're free like, usually. Yeah. Usually, as long as they can like put their logo and like Tipton yeah. edits and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, kids. Maybe maybe like when those dudes get to the NBA, they throw Tipton edits some cash or something. I don't know. I have it, no idea. But uh, he he thought that like the school might have paid for it. No 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 no. These are like there's a story about a kid in Alabama. I think Al dot com did it. Um, there's a kid who does all of the edits for like um, it's not Tipton, but there's another really big one. 
who does them for schools in the SEC. Kids are being recruited by him, and he's like 15 years old, and he spends just all day photoshopping it. And he does it for free. Some of it's for fun. A lot of it's just to, like, be friends with these guys. Like, they feel like they're a part of it, um, and they just enjoy it. So, like, um, I know that, like, Emmanuel Quickly had, like, a YouTube documentary on him, and Khalil Whitney had somebody do something. These are all people who, like, it's, it's – doesn't cost much to have a high quality production now so everybody's doing it they enjoy it and that's how they kind of get there and i think for like some of the really big ones like who was that guy that went to taj boyd the football player yeah they do like bleacher report yeah i I think sometimes maybe the families do like throw up some money for that yeah maybe a little bit but But, uh but but, some of these like simple pictures and videos like that that's that's easy who is the one uh, are you on a high budget you were were talking about the kid from uh, wagner right yeah Taj Rice, I think. Rice, right? Yeah, yeah. Rice. he had. He was like a superhero with yeah, like. Yeah, so bad. Do yourself hilarious. a favor and go watch his yes. commitment. No, it, it it's so bad that it is actually like it's, I, it's fun. Go yeah. watch it. Taj Rice. He went to Duke, I believe. Yeah. Not to spoil the end of the video. <laughs> Any other uh, recruiting questions? Uh, or everything we already touched on. Everything we've pretty much already touched on. Okay. All right. Head on over to the annex. Welcome to the Annex, the podcast within a podcast where we break down everything The Office. And we go through and we review every episode that has ever happened, one Annex at a time. And it is fitting, Nick Roush, that it is October, Rocktober, hopefully not Drew Locktober later this month. And we get to, fittingly enough, it worked out perfectly, the first October episode of The Annex is... Season 2, Episode 5, Halloween. Perfect timing. Which, by the way, what we're going to do, this will be the only time, well, this and Christmas will be the only time that we're going to jump around on our reviews. We will only, so if we have four hardly committed, what what day is it? The third, so third, tenth, seventeenth, twenty-four. Oh, wow, we'll get five. Yes. We'll do We'll do five Halloween episodes of The Office, if there are five. I think there do are. You, uh, do you pass out candy in your neighborhood? I've gotten three trick-or-treaters in three years, and yeah. that is not – it averages out to one a year. One year we had none, and one year we had two. It was a big deal for us. Yeah, you're in a cul-de-sac, though. And so. it's – I'm on a dead-end street. You're right. And it sucks because, like, I love Halloween. I go all out. I have decorations galore. Uh, we have a big Halloween party, and it, it is, like, the saddest thing for me to sit on Halloween night, wait for kids to come and get candy, and maybe get one. And one was a baby and came with their parents at like 5.30. I'd just gotten home from work. And Do you um, – Sucks, Nick. See, I, I think I'm going to have to go down to the neighbors down the street. I got some neighbors who live on the, the parkway. Do a little parkway living. I feel like that's where you're going to get more trick-or-treaters. It just sucks, you know. Like I put on all this work and, hey, come come trick-or-treat by my house. Come to listeners. TJ's house. Yeah. Everybody just go to TJ's house. Come, come to my house on, on Halloween. October I like 21st. put on scary mo- – I even like set up my fog machines and stuff and nobody comes. Nobody comes. And there's only – I live so far down to the street that there's only like six even cars that drive by my house. I know that I'm not – I put in all this work for very little payback, but uh, for the neighbors down there, you're welcome. <laughs> but I love Halloween, favorite holiday out of the year. And uh, so I love this month, and I love Office Halloween episodes. And that means I get to talk about the Office Halloween episode, which is this first one. Uh, it's not their best Halloween one, but it's one. Of, it, it's one of them. It's a. Uh, it's a good one. So well, let's talk I, about. I it. I think it's. It, it, what makes it great is the subplot within the Halloween context, and that's that 
somebody's got to be fired by the somebody's got to be fired somebody's got to be fired and michael has put this off the entire month and waits till halloween when everybody's dressed up in costumes for the costume party the fact that like everybody knows that it's going to happen too right like well by that point like when he's calling people in knows it's going to happen i love when he's on the phone though uh who's the name of the person that you're firing yeah, what, uh, Wish I could fire you. So. <laughs> I'm still on. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, that is fantastic. And then he's just basically trying to get people to fire themselves. Yeah. And almost gets it with Dwight. Yeah, Not almost. firing, but leaving. I love that Dwight thought that that was a good idea. Yeah. Like he's like, this is how you use a bargaining chip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all that came, it, it's funny, there's like a domino effect here. If, if, if Jim and Pam don't decide to pull this prank on Dwight, then none of that other stuff really happens. And Michael loses his mind when he finds out that, that <laughs> Dwight has another job offer. And then it turns out that, you know, he didn't. And, and Michael goes crazy. Um, I, I'm also just imagining Dwight's resume. Like when he's like, does it, does it not have the martial arts section? Yeah. And he starts fighting with the person <laughs> about that. There's about 3000 Chinese that beg to differ. <laughs> Uh, all in all, a, a pretty good episode. One, th- one thing I noticed last night too, TJ, there's there's like three people dressed up as cats. Yeah, like <laughs> like Pam goes with like the normal like you just wear black and have like black ears. Lazy, of course, yeah. coming from Pam. Angela's of course is like the most foo foo cat, <laughs> where she's like white and and then uh, Phyllis she dresses like sprinkles. Yes, she dresses just like sprinkles. Sprinkles and happier times, of course. Yes, much happier times before the cataracts. Before, before and the sp- anal cream. <laughs> before he, f- sprinkles a boy or a girl. Ooh. Before sprinkles gets frozen to death and tries to claw its way out, <laughs> trying to get through pee. That is kind of actually sad if you think about it. This poor cat froze to death in a freezer, tried to fight its way out and couldn't. Now I'm actually getting a little sad for sprinkles. Well, Screw you, Dwight. Yeah, come on, Dwight. You're killing me. Although it seemed like that cat wasn't in a good spot. No. And they say that freezing to death is one of the more peaceful ways to go, not to get too morbid, but yeah, it's a Halloween you, episode. You, got, you get pretty you fall morbid asleep. there. Yeah. Um, and then Phyllis, also a cat. And she went as a saucy cat, too. Mm. She went as a cheetah. Yeah. Phyllis Vance, or Phyllis, Phyllis Lappin at this point. Very saucy. cat. Yeah. Used to call her Easy Rider. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know it now. <laughs> oh i love this fucking I was, show i was i was watching uh saturday night live and i think part of the reason why i thought it wasn't that good is because kanye west well that but they also didn't have good like straight face guys like you gotta in order for it to really have an effect like adam driver is really funny because he's yeah. keeping it together but when you start laughing at yourself like that just it loses all of the effect, and I just wonder how many takes they had to do some of these, and like how much they laughed just making this show, like trying oh, to make it as funny. I as I mean, possible. some of, watch some of the bloopers; it's it's hilarious. They have a tough time with it. So uh, Michael eventually settles on Creed. Seems like an easy person. He's in quality assurance, which I don't think we even know that until Creed. Like they ask him, oh no, no, no there's the. It was later on when Joe asked him, what are you doing? He goes, Qua, Quabity, Quality Ashwitz. Quality Ashwitz. No, no, no. That's not it, but I'm close. <laughs> and he is close. Yeah. We but get, uh, we he's want... close to being fired. Yes. And he um, the fact that he was close to being fired, and then when the watermark happened, he didn't get fired. <laughs> like, dude, Michael, do your job. Like, do we know what Devin's job was at the office? Do you think they were both doing Quality Ashwitz? That's, that's quality Ashwitz. Ashwitz yeah. Yeah. I think they, they probably were, is my guess. You don't really get to know Devin too much. 
And he has a good costume, though. He does. Do we want to rank the costumes in each episode? Just like a maybe like a top three. Top three, yeah. Give me give me your top three. Top three, Kevin. Number one is Dunder Mifflin Man. Um, That's a risky costume for a big guy to wear. Yes, a lot of spandex. Um, I'm gonna go to Kelly with her Dorothy. It's a it's an interesting take on. I thought she was going to go with, like, bend it like Beckham. <laughs> and then uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go with, uh, we'll say Oscar, because Oscar's doing a little foreshadowing. Yeah. What's what's he, that one Halloween episode we'll get to, the the consumer? Oh, the... Uh, <laughs> the oh, this is rational consumer. Rational, rational consumer, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's good. Yeah. I, I don't really have... I like Michael's little guy. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Michaels is definitely three. Dwight being as a, a Sith Lord is very like, like that was a, a safe play by the the people to pick him to do that. Yeah, it was. Which Dwight's best costume isn't even his costume. It's a uh, uh, what's the uh, Earth Day guy? Um, um, Recyclops. Yeah. <laughs> Recyclops is by far his best costume. But that's not a Halloween costume. Exactly. That's yeah. that's Earth Day. I yeah. just like the evolution that he takes on, <laughs> which is. Uh, which is really good. Yes. All, all good fun. Uh, all right. Let's go to where, where do you want to go? Devin. Now? What were you talking oh, Devin, about? Devin. Devin. Yeah. So Devin Creed talks his way out of getting fired. And at that point, Michael can't really go back. Well, and, and the thing is, is when they're doing the role playing scenario with Jim and Michael just starts acting like a baby, you're like, well, obviously that's not going to happen. And then Creed kind of like, he's like, undo it. What is, what is Meredith dressed as? I, I I was thinking that. And then I would like I, to ask her maybe on Twitter if she would maybe respond to me. And then I, I fell asleep. I'm Creed is Dracula's all right. Yeah. It's Pops out the teeth. Yeah. 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 Uh, Devin just a hobo. And Oscar is a girl. Yep. Yeah. And Michael makes a joke about him dressing up as a girl. And then gay witch hunt. Yeah. Ten episodes later. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, all right. So Creed talks his way out to it. Devin comes in. Devin's pissed off. Creed threw him under the bus. And Devin invites everybody down to, to the bar to celebrate, except for can you name the four people? Okay. He doesn't name Michael. Yep. Dwight. Yep. Creed. Yep. First time Creed's probably never been invited to a party. It's not Jim. He says Jim early. Um, it's a girl. Angela? Yep. Those four. Not invited. Not invited. And then he goes and smashes a pumpkin on Michael's car. Oh, that's a great, like, I'm getting fired on Halloween. Like, that's what you have to do. If you got to do, like, one childhood Halloween prank without any repercussions, what are you doing? You could, like, TP. You could smash pumpkins. Uh, you could you could steal. You could steal, like, some candy. Um, I think smashing pumpkins has the most fun effect, especially if you can, like, do it from, like, a loft, like, a lofted area. Give me TP. The the thing is with TPing though, like TP is fun. You ever Don't thrown a stream of toilet paper? Yeah, I almost like fun. went to Auburn just to throw toilet paper. But I the the problem is though, is it's not like it's not always like, like it's 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 tough skill to learn. Yeah, you got to be good at it. You got to make sure there's a proper amount of length behind yeah. it, and that it doesn't get stuck because it, it'll flip over sometimes instead of just unraveling. My sister one time when they were in high school, they went around the neighborhood and TP'd houses, and they got some houses horrible. Like I felt bad about them, and they got some really tall trees, and then it rained that oh, morning, and, and you, like oh, oh it was a, it was a nightmare. But to not like make it look like. They were the ones that did it. They, they TP'd, they your TP'd house? our own house. They're so dumb. They're so dumb. But they like 
they decorated the TP at our house. They like made it look like they didn't intentionally do it, but they didn't want it to like look trashy and really bad. So they like did it like carefully. They wrapped it around the tree like very, and it was only like three trees. And if you drove through so the neighborhood, obvious. it looked just wild throughout all the houses. And then there's this one that like it was like almost looked like perfect, like yeah. somebody like meticulously put like the toilet paper around. So my mom was like, "Lauren, you did that. You did, <laughs> you, you did it. And you're gonna go and you're gonna pick it up from the houses that I haven't already picked it up yet." And and they did. Uh, boy, to be a kid again. That's hilarious. To be a kid again. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, any other questions? I think we've got oh, some Oh, somebody, the, the, the biggest question, that was one we got from last week from Big Blue Steve. What what repercussions, what if Pam actually did get fired? We could spend so much time on this. I think, oh, it's kind of tough to say. Because then, well, let's hear your answer then Jim, first. Then Jim doesn't have to leave. So if we get the merger, does Karen Filipelli come into the picture? No, probably not. Yeah. And, well, you get, well, she does, but. You know what? Maybe that makes the relationship even better. Here's what I think happens if Pam leaves. It's make or break with her and Jim. Either she cheats on... Because if she doesn't have to worry about Roy being literally at her place of work... Is she more apt? Is to... Like, can Jim go meet her for lunch? Ooh. Does lunch turn into a little afternoon delight? Hmm. It's worth asking. Uh, or is she out of the picture and it's out of sight, out of mind? It's a little easier for Jim to move on and, and that's that. And if Pam isn't tempted by seeing Jim every day, Jim looking all sexy with his weird looks at his desk and his disheveled hair, maybe Pam says, you know what? I don't like Roy isn't the man of my dreams, but he'll do. And I'm not tempted by having to see somebody that I'm a lot. So either goes one way or the other. Yeah. Either it, it, out of it, sight, out of a mind. catalyst or it just completely ends it. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? I, I think even more than likely just end it though. I think it, if I had to pick one, I'd yeah. say it just ends that. She marries Roy, probably not overly happy with her life. Ooh, didn't they make it like a divorce storyline? Oh, that and would she comes the, back to the office. Yes. And then... Well, and like Roy still has an episode where he like, I don't know. It's, oh, uh, never mind. Yeah. I'm not going to go down Either there. way, um, I, I'm glad that they picked Devin because Creed is last per capita the funniest person but what in the if, show. But what if Devin is hilarious we don't even get a chance with Devin he looks kind of sour grapey I mean I, granted he well, is Creed getting, didn't look hilarious when he was getting fired yeah but he still had like an old man crazy look to him yeah that's true and vampire yeah it was a vampire do you think it's fitting that Devin dresses as a hobo <laughs> and he gets fired where he's now without a job <laughs> pretty funny and yeah. then do you feel I, I feel like they get a little like cinematic and artsy with Michael at the end where he's handing out Halloween candy he looks sad. Yeah. He didn't like what he had to do. He gets told he doesn't have he, any friends. He picks up the ripped up coupon. Like, come on, Michael. You, you have more dignity than that. Yeah, he does. I do like that he gave him a coupon, though. <laughs> Such a power. <laughs> he, he wants to be friends with him. All right, any fireable offenses in this one besides, you know, getting fired from Devin? Mm. It, do, Jim and Pam doing that thing to the white resume, putting it, is that fireable? I say no. Man, Jim imitating Michael Scott. Like imitating Ooh, your boss, that yeah. that might. That, but with Michael, that's not fireable. No, um, but normal office place, possibly. Definitely get in trouble. I like that he's he's called an orifice too. Yeah, like, he was orifice. Very, it was a very good Michael okay, Scott okay, impression. Okay, okay, I got, I got, I got, That's good. All you need to do is say yeesh. Yeah. All right, you want to wrap this puppy up? Let's wrap it up. Put All it right, in bow. Kentucky roll. Or, <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> 
put a dollar in the jar. Oh. This isn't Kentucky Roll Call. That's our award-winning radio show, oh, Monday no. through Friday, 8 to 10. This is Hardly Committed with so- T.J. Walker and my producer, Nick Roush. Thank you for listening. And, boy, what a day. What a day. We'll see you next Wednesday. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now?